Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Red Circle, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, check out Off the Floor. That's our new Discord. You can communicate with us. 24-7. I might not check it 24-7, but you can post it there. Also, we put up a new podcast discussion channel. So now we've got nine channels on this Discord and on the podcast discussion channel. We can talk about what we talk about here. You can respond to us directly as soon as it posts. Also, check out, and again, the link for that, I'm sorry, the link for that is right here in the description on YouTube and on the podcast feeds as well as at the top of the Five Reason Sports Twitter page. Also, check out Better Edge. Use the code 5RSN or 5 reasons you can use either five rsn or the number five reasons you get twenty dollars to play call this a stock exchange for sports betting because you're you can find the line that you want because you're basically betting against your friends who use better edge that's what you do and if they're not friends before you start they will be friends after you take their money so go to betteredge.com again use the code five rsn or five reasons and now today's episode down to this Five on the floor, drive for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's probably have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and the Five Reasons Sports. We have Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander. Also want to mention, because I always forget this, uh, we're on threads now as well. I got to do a better job of populating it, but 3,000 people have found us, so... You might want to find us there, too. So if you use threads, again, it's five reasons sports, same place. You can put in EJ Skolnick as well, but you're basically just going to get pictures of me and my daughter. Greg, are you on there yet? Yep, I'm there, too. Greg Sylvander, you can find me there. All right, so check us out on threads. And, of course, we have the five reasons sports page on Facebook. I don't know how many of our audience are still using that, but if you want to, you can check us out there as well. And in a lot of the Miami Heat groups there, although I do not recommend venturing too deeply into the Miami Heat groups on Facebook, because that's a whole other thing from Twitter. Do you think Twitter is bad? Uh, Those Facebook groups are still pining for Hassan Whiteside. Anyway, Greg, (laughs) let's get into transactions because we know that's what everybody wants to talk about. And it's funny because when I take a look at Twitter, um, it, there really are two camps here. There, there's people who like this team, want to give it time to get healthy. And then there's those who are itchy for transactions, as someone in the Heat front office said to me at some point. Uh, we love your followers, but a lot of them need some Ritalin. So that's kind of where we're at, too, honestly, because now we've hit 2024. And people are talking about trades, but not just are they talking about trades. And I feel like I'm contractually obligated to say eternal was right because one of our guys eternal hosts on our playback channel would say, Oh, there's going to be a lot more transactions early this year. And it looks like so far, there are going to be some more transactions early. So we're going to try to put this into some context. 
not so much about what the Heat are doing right now, because honestly, I don't think that there's a whole lot going on, and we'll get, we'll get to that. But whether or not they're going to need to, if some of these other teams that they're bunched up with in the Eastern Conference are going to make proactive moves to try to upgrade, are the Heat going to be left in the dust? And Greg, I, I say this because as we go through the standings, I said this on our post-game show last night. The East is kind of split into three tiers right now. You can maybe call it four tiers. So the teams at the top tier right now are the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers. And and I know that we believe that the Heat will belong in that tier once the playoffs start. You know, because of the injuries, because of some of the inconsistency, they're just not there right now. Those have been the three most consistent teams. The record's reflected. I think all of them are flawed in different ways. And I think all of them are beatable in the playoffs by the Heat. And I think the Heat believe they can beat them, but I can't respectfully put the Heat in the first tier uh, when they're bunched up with all these other teams. So then you get to the next tier, and as we go into play today, and we're recording this Saturday afternoon, the Pacers are 20 and 14. The Cavs, even with two major injuries, are 20 and 15. The Heat are 20 and 15. The Magic are 20 and 15. The Knicks are 20 and 15. Jeez. So there are five teams separated by half a game in the standings as we start. I think we got to call that tier two. Then you get, so let's call it four tiers. Then there's tier three. Okay. These are the teams that really should be making trades because they're relegated to the play in at best. And they've all had moments this year, but all have had a lot of inconsistency. So I would say that's the Nets at 16 and 20. The Bulls at 16 and 21, the Hawks at 14 and 20, and the Raptors at 14 and 21. Let's call that tier three. Those are the th- those are the four teams yeah. that honestly should be moving players. They should be moving because they're not going to compete in the playoffs in any significant yeah. way this year. But they're not bad enough to get a high lottery pick if they even have one. In what looks like a bad draft, by the way, but unless they, really they trade guys away to get to the next tier. Which is correct. The the fourth tier. So let's get to that. The fourth tier. Uh, I know you're you're relatively close to them up there. Your friends in Charlotte, eight and twenty five. Yeah. The Wizards, six and twenty eight, and the Pistons, three and thirty two. So that's the dregs of the conference. Pistons broke their losing streak and they just went to start losing again. But all three of those teams have interesting players. Like they, all three of those teams have players who can help the Heat. We've talked about a lot of those players before, whether it's Terry Rozier or Tyus Jones uh, or Monte Morris or, or or McDonavich. Like they all have players who would be helpful to the Heat in some way. Okay. So we got four tiers. We're putting the Heat in tier two. I think you and I both believe they're the best team in tier two. But until they get Jimmy Butler healthy with the rest of this group and they prove it, I can't put them in tier one. So we've seen, so here's how I view this. Okay. The three teams in tier one, I think are going to be looking to add a piece. Okay. So what does Boston need? They need fortification on their bench, particularly I think up front, because if Porzingis gets hurt, Orford's old, they have issues there. I also don't like their backups in the backcourt. I'm not a fan of Pritchard. Um, they don't have much else there at the wing spot. Like they need a, they need someone off the bench. I mean, their starting lineup is loaded. We know that. They need someone off the bench. Okay, beyond uh, you know whether they play small with white. You know, White obviously has been starting. However, direction they want to go, they're really six deep. They need to get to seven or eight deep. So they may it may be for them. And again, they're looking at second apron and all the rest of this, but. They need to flip a pick 
and get somebody who can help them on the bench. And I think Brad is aggressive. I expect Greg that he will. They need to fix the defense. Like they need a defensive rotation player in there somewhere. They're getting Jay Crowder back, but I don't know what he can give them at this stage. He's probably better than what they've been throwing out there, but they need one more guy. I think probably, I know the heat need this, a point of attack defender off the bench uh, because their starting guards are not it. We know with Lillard and, and Beasley. And Philadelphia probably has the most flexibility to make a major move, but I think they probably need one more score, I would say. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's those are those three. But I don't expect, even though Brad Stevens can be aggressive, even though Daryl Morey can be aggressive, I don't expect major moves from them. I think those teams are Agreed. tweaked moves. Okay. The teams that I think will make the major upgrade moves are the teams in tier two. And we've already seen one, right? Uh Yeah. Okay. So the Knicks have made one and the early results are positive. I don't know. They could make another. They have a flexibility and they're two and oh, since they got OG Ananobi um, and traded RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. And again, I have my long-term concerns about giving OG that kind of money and whether they're going to regret losing quickly. But for right now, it seems like they're happy with it. The fans are happy with it. Which other team in in Tier 2 are you concerned about making a move to elevate above Miami? All I keep hearing is that Indiana is a major player for Pascal Siakam. You heard that Sacramento kind of fell out of the talks there, although I think that could be some just report posturing that's taking place. I think Indiana is really a team to watch. They're a team that wants to win. They want to make a playoff run. They're not interested in lottery picks. They've had enough of them. So watch Indiana, same record as Miami. New York, we already mentioned, could make another move. And then the other one that jumps out to me is Orlando um, because they have a lot of interesting pieces that could be moved around. And it was reported today that they have expressed interest in Malcolm Brogdon, the point guard that's now out in Portland. Um, so uh, I, I think between Orlando, Indiana, and New York with a follow-up move, Miami has to be careful that they don't all of a sudden find themselves – like on the back end of the tier instead of directly in the middle of the tier in the front of the tier, just by virtue of transactions happening where other teams get deeper, better, or my more diverse in ways that, uh, that makes the team come together, maybe even better than the, some of their parts, et cetera. So that's the tricky little risk that, that, that you're following and we're tracking till the February deadline. Here's, here's why it matters so much because if you're going to have home court in the first round you need to be at the very front of that tier because that's the four seed and if you're at the back end of that tier you know where you're at the play-in <laughs> so it, it matters like and, and i i've said this that i've been a little surprised that eric spolster has mentioned seeding as many times as he has so far this season because he typically does not do that particularly in the first half of years like i i don't hear him usually talk about seeding until you get to march and he was talking about seeding in early december which makes me think that this has been an emphasis with his team behind closed doors that we look obviously we don't have everybody healthy 
but we need to play at a pretty high level because we do not want to be in the situation we were in last year. We're in the seven, and then we drop to eight because we lose the first playing game, and then we need Max Struess, who's not here anymore, by the way, to save us in the last three minutes of Chicago to have any chance at that run. So seeding does matter to them. I'm not saying it's all end all be all, or else they'd be playing some guys who are banged up. But it matters enough. And like you said, if you're going to be at the back end of that tier, you're in the play-in. That, that's where you're at. So you look at the Knicks. Okay. You mentioned Orlando. Miami handled them up there. They got a chance to see him again down here. We'll see if Jimmy's back at that point. Jimmy didn't play in the game up there, and they they beat them anyway. They got a lot of young talent. Um, I think it's a little mismatch. They st- it still feels to me like they need wings. Like I think they're they're they seem to have you know they got small guards and they've got really talented young bigs. You know and and versatile talented young bigs. Obviously with very high upsides, Wagner, uh, Paolo, and it looks like they may be moving Wendell Carter Jr. We'll see, but. That's one of the teams I think I would be concerned about, um, even though they've got, again, a young coach and, and a young team. What about Cleveland? Because I, I think people put them sort of towards the front end of this tier before the year, but again, two major injuries that they've had, Mobley and Garland, but they're hanging in right now. Max has had something to do with that, but with Mitchell, Allen's raised his level of play, and, and they've done enough. Do you think, could you see them making a move to elevate? Yes, because they have a lot of pieces. And I think that this is why we don't get the buzz around Cleveland is I think everyone is resigned to the idea, resigned to the fact that Donovan Mitchell eventually is going to get traded. And so that they just don't think that's going to work there. And so Cleveland's been written off. But you're right, like they've been really hurt. If you look at their top three guys, they've missed um, tons of time, like Miami Heat level time. Uh, in terms of just missed games from their top players. So uh, the fact that they're still in the race means that they could make a move. They have some mid-tier contracts off the bench. They're going to keep Max. Our friend Max is safe. We'll say that much. But um, they also have like a weird roster, right, where they have like some people think that they're too big and other people think that it could work, but they got to add different pieces in the backcourt to make it work. So because of the Mitchell Garland dynamic. So it that's just a weird team that feels like it needs a move, but because we haven't seen them whole, they may track similar to how we've projected Miami and being a little more careful and pl- kind of plotted out. Um, more carefully because they haven't seen themselves whole. So they're wondering maybe we are good enough and we don't need to sacrifice an asset. So that's why I didn't initially go to them because I I, I think they want to see more of themselves as a complete team. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for four 99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi or seven up all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I'm always transparent about, not about sourcing necessarily, but about kind of which executives around the league I've gotten to know over time. Um, so I've gotten to know Kobe Altman a little bit because I spent a year up in Cleveland when he was not at the top of the food chain there. Now he has been for the past few years. So I had a lot of conversations with Kobe before he became Kobe Altman. Uh, and he would ask about the heat and their philosophy. And again, I was stuck in Cleveland with nothing to do. And so you're sitting at a bar and you talk, you talk basketball. That's what we used to do. Uh, and I saw Kobe recently. I can just tell you he'll be aggressive. 
Okay. I just know his mindset. He he's been aggressive. They they have uh they have they have made major moves, major changes over time. And right. he's not afraid to do that. And and I also think that you're in a market like Cleveland that has lost a star like LeBron before. Now you have another star. I believe they will do what it takes to mm. add a piece to that team this year to convince Donovan Mitchell, look, we know you like New York or maybe Brooklyn, whatever, but you can win here or Miami, right? But you can win here. And uh, and so I, I would I would be careful of them. I, I feel like, honestly, and this is kind of why we're, we're doing this, I feel like every team in that tier is going to be aggressively looking to move up. I, I don't think any of those teams are trying to drop. I, I Orlando, for sure. If you have been as bad as Orlando has been for a long time, I, th- I feel the same way about Houston in the West. If you've been as bad as Orlando has been and you've been in this rebuild and you have an opportunity to get your young players meaningful playoff experience Indie too. and your young coach, you do it. You make the move and you do it, particularly when you have some ill-fitting parts and you can, I think they will make a move, maybe attach a pick to one of their young players, go get a veteran guy. I would be worried about Orlando, Indiana, Rick Carlisle's not a young man. Okay. He took this job to re, re refresh this thing. He's built a style there. That's very different from the styles that he had in, in Detroit and Dallas and the other places he's been. Um, he's got an elite point guard there which can make other guys better i think they're going to be aggressively trying to move up and the knicks have already done it and you said they can do it as you said they can do it again that's one of the concerns that i would have is that if miami is going to sit pat here and just figure okay we're going to get healthy i I do believe they're the best team and probably would still have the best roster of all those teams maybe not more so than cleveland but i think then the others uh if they get everybody you know, reasonably healthy and don't add anything. But if they don't (laughs) and this chemistry doesn't come together, then I would be concerned about these teams passing them and and leaving them. And I'll say this, okay. They need to get the four. Uh, They need to get the four. Like I agree. Like the the three, the three would be nice. Okay. And I know people can say, well, if you're in the four, you may be in the Celtics bracket. I, I don't care about that. They need to get the four because I think this team needs a home court series. It shouldn't have to scrap from the very beginning of this. And honestly, this team is built to win now. There's no excuse for going being seven slash eight last year and then being six or seven or something like that this year. They they need to be the four, okay? Which means they need to get to the. Which means if other teams are going to make moves there, they're going to make them better. Mm-hmm. Miami may need to counter, Greg. On the other side of the break, I think we should talk about exactly how they're going to have to counter and what it means because you're absolutely right. If all those teams are going to do something, you can't just stand pat. All right, let's get to it in a second. Before we do, don't stand pat. If you got water damage, you got mold damage, reach out to our friends Michael Robert and their team based in Boca Raton. You can find them at WCUFL.com. That's WCUFL.com. Water cleanup of Florida, your one-stop water and mold cleanup shop. They can do everything from the preventative maintenance if you sign up for that program to the cleanup work afterwards if you don't and something happens. They can do the damage assessment. Their certified technicians will inspect, test, evaluate, and document the affected areas of your home or office and present the mitigation plan to the owner. So check it out. Again, we know insurance companies don't always take care of everything after the fact, so you might want to reach out to them beforehand. Again, find out about the preventative program. Mention five reasons when you do. They always like to hear that, and I can tell you these are reputable people. You don't have to ask me. Check the Google reviews on them. Water cleanup, 
of Florida, based in Boca Raton, but they service Broward and Dade counties as well. WCUFL.com. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. All right, so let's get to the next tier because I feel like this is where this is going to come in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you see any of these teams? We I, I mentioned it, tier three Nets, sixteen and twenty Bulls. I, I'm surprised the Bulls' record is this good. Actually, sixteen and twenty-one Raptors, who just made one trade, which was not really a step back trade. I mean, no. you're adding a guy in quickly. He was a six man of the year candidate, and R.J. Barrett, who was the number three overall pick in his draft. Like that's that's not a step back, even though they traded O.G. Uh, and the Hawks at fourteen and twenty, they just got obliterated. Uh, as we're speaking here, should any of those four teams, the Nets, Raptors, Bulls, or Hawks, be trying to get into that second tier of teams this year? Um, I would say Toronto's going to probably try to continue to stay in that second tier. They made a move that, um, yay, parity, because that's the kind of trades that you're going to see is trades where both teams come out pretty equal. And I think that that was a, a, a one of the more equal trades that we've seen in quite some time where you didn't really have a, a hard stance either way. I think we're going to see more of those. I would imagine Chicago and Atlanta are the ones that are most likely the sellers like that are going to finally say enough of this. Uh, That's just me projecting. And this is where this gets super complex is that the teams in Miami's tier are likely going to be shopping from the teams in this tier. And so whether Miami likes the players in this tier or not, they could maybe go shop in a different tier as we kind of put these, you know, in these buckets. But I really see the Cleveland's of the world, the the New York's of the world already was, was a team that was in this Orlando. I see them poaching from these squads. I think that it makes total sense for them to have those kind of conversations. Maybe not right this exact moment yet with some of the teams because they're so closely you know, formed together on the, in the standings. But as you get closer to February, I could absolutely see that. And that's where this gets tricky for Miami because you can't get caught in a situation where you have a 29, almost $30 million expiring contract and you don't use it to your advantage because there's, it's, you can't say that you don't have the ability, whether it be a pick and a player that's like an expiring, like Lowry and a pick can go get you something. What it can get you, we'll have to find out, but it can get you something. So you're going to have to explain why that was not palatable if one, if all these other teams are shopping from that tier below you getting better. Well, and I want to make it clear too. You can also shop out West. You know, that's the other thing. There, there are 15 teams to look at out West. The reason we haven't focused on it as much, of course, is the Heat aren't trying to jump any of those teams at the moment. But also, the West is a mess. Like, like I said, the East is very easy for me to classify. Like, we did this. <laughs> tier 1, Tier – I think everybody understands it, right? You got your contenders looking to make a small move. You got your second tier. We're trying to get that four seed, those five teams in that mix. Then you've got some teams that look like, at best, you know, playing – type teams and they really should be going backwards. And then you got your garbage, right? Like there are four tiers. 
the West, like OKC, Minnesota, we're not necessarily supposed to be in this position at this point. Denver has been what was expected. The Clippers have figured things out. There's a lot of talent there. But meanwhile, until last night, Phoenix was kind of sinking a little bit. Golden State is a disaster right now for a whole bunch of different reasons. And the Lakers, I mean, LeBron is unhappy. You never know what they're going to do out there. And I've just mentioned like seven or eight teams. I, we could see any. I mean, the Lakers were not projected to go to Western Conference Finals last year, halfway through the season. They made trades, and they got there. So I don't want to rule out going to get something out West. But I do agree with you that this falls pretty nicely in the East for some of the teams above to pick from that third tier. And then what, what becomes the, the question is, okay, so who, right? Okay, so Toronto is probably going to be the next major team to make a move, a major player to move if Siakam is on the move. And it's exactly what you're talking about, which is we know that Indiana has been in on Siakam. We heard Sacramento was in on Siakam, and then now they're not in on Siakam, which seemed to me just like trade craft, which you throw that out to Shams so that you try to uh, negotiate through the media here a little bit. Gold State could be in on Siakam. But if Toronto trades him out west, okay, whatever. If he trades him to Indiana. That changes things. <laughs> It changes things, okay? So you're looking at that. Then, you know, you look a little bit below and you say, okay, uh, let's look at it at, at Atlanta, right? Is DeJounte Murray going to be moved, okay? The, most reporters think he will be at this stage. If he's traded to, let's say, DeJounte Murray, some, I, can't, I don't think he can end up in Boston or Milwaukee Orlando. with the pieces that they have. Orlando. What if he ends up in Tier 1 in Philadelphia? Because there's that, right? Okay, so that's a possibility there. You look at Atlanta. Chicago, we've talked about Levine. Looks like maybe be targeted out west. But what if he ends up in Orlando? Because there's been some rumors about that, okay, that there's interest there. And they could use, actually, I have my concerns about Zach Levine. We've discussed them on previous podcasts. But they could use a a player like that. Yeah. They don't have that kind of break you down off the dribble type guard. Like they that 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 kind of they don't have that type of player. And you throw him in the mix with Paolo and Franz, you've got kind of a mini a mini big three down there that at least you can build around. So what if he ends up there on a smaller scale? Caruso possibly. Okay, as that extra piece. See, Caruso seems to be like the type of piece that the tier one teams <laughs> would yeah. look at. Right? Like you add him to a Philadelphia. Like that makes a lot of sense. What if you're adding boss him to Boston exactly. off the bench? Okay. So that's that's or, or Milwaukee for that matter, right? Like <laughs> he would start in Milwaukee next to next to Dame. So that's a concern there. So I think you start to look at those teams, you're like, okay, what becomes first thing, are those guys gonna be traded to teams that the Heat are competing with? Or can the Heat actually get in on any of them? Now, Siakam, no, I don't think that's likely. Levine, no, I don't think that's likely. We've talked about Caruso a little bit, maybe as a possibility. Then you're talking about parting with Jovic, most likely, along with Caleb. I mean, that's kind of the conversations that you're starting to have there. Um, You look at – and then let's get to the other team we haven't discussed much here, which is the Nets, who have, to me, the most – there's the Mikhail Bridges discussion – Mm-hmm. which is a higher level discussion. And then there's the Dinwiddie, Royce O'Neal, Dorian you know, Finney-Smith. Dorian yeah. Finney-Smith, you know, players who we know can help Miami, particularly Dennis Dinwiddie. Jr. Dennis, right, on, even on a smaller scale. 
So does Miami look there or are those players all going to be poached? Cause I do think Brooklyn is going to reshuffle. I don't think Agreed. Brooklyn doesn't tank. They, they, it's not the way they do things. Nor do does Indiana, but I think that they will, they will reshuffle. And then you get to the, the lower tier. Okay. And this is where we're like at the plankton. We're at the bottom of the ocean, right? You got Detroit, you got Washington and you've got Charlotte. At least two of them teams are going to sell off some guys. There's no doubt. Maybe one of them will be stubborn, but two or three, they're going to sell to the well, highest. It seems bidder. like Detroit of all is the one that's going to be stubborn. From what we're hearing, that they yeah. they want to win, which is odd because <laughs> nothing they've done has sort of indicated that. But it doesn't seem like they're going to trade Bogdanovich. It doesn't seem like they're going to trade Monte Morris. I mean, Joe Harrison, the last year of his deal. But we get into the Tyus Jones conversation with Washington, obviously. Does Kyle Kuzma interest you in any way? Because that feels like the kind of piece that gets moved no, to a, a contender team for something bigger. Not for Miami. No. Okay. I, because skill set-wise, he fits a lot of the things that you would want next to Bam. He does, but I am worried that he would get in the way of Jaime Hawkes. So no thank you. Okay, well, that's fair. All right, Tyus Jones, we've discussed. Okay. Yeah. And um, DeLon Wright, like you could get Gallinari, DeLon Wright, and uh, Tyus Jones for Lowry and Thomas Bryant and a future second round pick. Like that's not a trade that anyone's going to go, yay, and gets real excited about. But the Heat get two point guards and some front court depth with it. Like I know you'd have to get rid of a couple guys, but they got a couple non guaranteed contracts. Although Drew Smith was reported as non guaranteed. Um, I think Bobby Marks may have tweeted it. I don't think he realizes because of the injury that he's fully guaranteed. Mm. But Orlando right. Robinson still has a guarantee coming up, if I'm if I remember correctly. And I think he just had 43 and 10 or something like that in uh, in G League last night, or 43 and 12, or something along those lines. He seems to uh, have outgrown that. Um, I, I I do think what you're talking about is the kind of trade they made. In the COVID season, in the bubble season, which was the, where they got Iguodala, bigger name maybe than the guy that they were getting now, although I think Crowder was always their number one target during that trade situation. You're right. And we know they move Winslow, they move Waiters, they move, okay, et cetera. Um, and and, and I, I think that that trade could be out there for them. It, Charlotte is the other one. Um, Agree. Terry, Terry Rozier is going to end up on a, on a contending team, I think. And he I makes sense in Milwaukee. He's not a great defender. He makes sense in Milwaukee. He makes sense uh, in, in Philly, too. Like I said, they, these are those three teams. So it's like when I talk about, okay, concern about the teams in your tier, but also Miami views itself as being in that upper tier, yeah. and those are the teams they're going to need to go past. And, and I guess this is where we close, because we're speculating about a bunch of names out there, and we could do this in the Western Conference as well, but I wanted to stick to the East. I think that the Knicks trade, which started the market early this year, puts pressure on these other teams to make moves, particularly as, again, the CBA is changing with, the, uh, with what we're looking at with the second apron and all the rest of this and the punitive stuff that's going to come down the road. It puts pressure on these teams to act for competitive reasons, for financial reasons, and, uh, and just simply not be the one left standing at the altar. And I... Although I don't think this team has to make a move if they get the Jimmy Butler that they got last year and if they could figure out the hero Butler thing and 
you know, while integrating Hopkins and get more guys, I don't think it's it's like a hundred percent necessary. I do think, and I do have a legitimate concern that if they do nothing and the league rebalances and these teams they're with get better, the teams above them get better between what's actually going to happen on the court and what's going to happen on social media and in the fan base, there's it, it's not going to be pretty. I'll just say this. There's no functional basketball reason that you can make for being conservative right now. What I mean, like as a point guard growing up, my head coach used to always say, you got to know the time and a score. You got to know time and score, time and score. Well, look at the time and score of this team at this build. It's year five. Are you going to go into the summer and say, okay, we made it through this year. We evaluated this team and it just didn't work. So now we're going to go ahead and, and I'm using air quotes for our, our listeners who can't see me blow it up. I say that super relatively because Miami never blows everything completely up. Are you going to make wholesale changes this summer and not have ever said, well, at least we know we supplemented that core with one more piece right before they went into the foxhole uh, for the playoffs. Like, I just feel like this is not the moment to be conservative. Say this too, and this is a longer term concern, and you never know what's going to happen to other teams between, you know, players improving or declining or getting injured or leaving or whatever. But this feels to me a little bit like a moment with what we're seeing with some of these younger teams, particularly out West, where what's happening in OKC right now, where they have three legitimate star level young players. Okay. Like they did in the last decade, right? Sam Presti knows what the hell he's doing. Okay. This is why the heat respect him so much. Okay. They drafted the hell out of this thing again. And he made a ridiculously good trade to get Shea and all these additional draft picks so that they can make more moves down the road. They can basically add whatever they want. If they want Laurie Markkinen right now, they can go get Laurie Markkinen right now. They have the assets to do that, but they may decide to hold tight and wait for something else, okay? But it feels to me, and that never came to fruition, in part because the Heat stopped it, okay, in two th- with what by beating them in 2012. Mm-hmm. But it feels to me like an early 2010s OKC situation, and it feels to me even more so like a mid 2010s Golden State situation, and so I'll, I'll this this would be the other concern as you talk about it. Part of it is about giving yourself the best chance this year, for sure. Okay, against the tier you're in, and particularly against the tier above, Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, to try to give yourself an opportunity in the finals. Okay, and to to be in the finals again, whoever comes out. But also with so much young talent in the league right now. And if you don't strike when you have the chance, you may not get another chance. Yeah, you may not get another chance. And that's why I focus so much on when's Jimmy going to be healthy and when are we going to see this team look the way they should look with their top three guys who have started and finished only six games together this year. But if you think that's going to happen eventually in the front office, then you do need to make the move to give them the best opportunity. That, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't mean trading Tyler, which I know is where everybody's going with this, but it means doing what you've talked about, which is taking the Lowry contract, or if you're not going to resign Caleb, taking, taking Caleb's n- number or both or both and, and seeing how this thing 
can play out. All right, we did it. People wanted a transaction pod. We did a transaction pod. This is your riddle, everybody. Uh, thanks to Griffin. Thanks to Better Edge. Uh, use the code Five RSN or or Five Reasons, and also Water Cleanup of Florida. WCUFL.com. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. After all, someone needs to listen to my dad. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.